Hey, Tanya. Hey, what? Guess what? What? It's still Halloween season. Yay! <laughs> I like Halloween season. Some people love it. Some people are like, yeah, whatever. Some people are like, you know, USS ambivalent about it. But, you know, there you go. It's one of those things. I think we should probably spend a, another podcast talking about Halloween season. Oh, I know. Can I tell you? Uh, it's like Halloween candy. I'd love it. So There you go. So then how about we just go live from Rochester? It's... This is FC3's Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky, and everything can be geeky if you love it enough. Starring Billy DeTori, starring Tanya Metris, starring Dan Carmen, and starring I, myself, Chris Frank. We got guests, and we'll talk about them in a moment. This is your favorite week. This is podcast week, and now we're on to Halloween week. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> I think that's the Christmas movie, isn't it? Probably. Okay. Uh, with us today... The legend herself, Anne Liebeck. Hello, Anne. Hello. And for her first time on the podcast, Susan DeTori. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on board with us. I have been I have been jonesing to get you on the podcast for like years at this point, plural. And and so I'm so excited that we got a chance to, to get you on board with us this week. It's my cheerful giggle at some of Bill's stuff in earlier oh, podcasts. My background <laughs> giggle. <laughs> yes, yes. I was. I remember one of the other when the first times we were doing remote recording, and I forgot what he said. I forgot what the whole the whole run up was. But all of a sudden, we hear you laughing in the background, and we just lost it. We were like, "Oh my god, that's the best thing ever!" So, and now it is uh, Chick Flick Week on FC3's Monkey Business, your Halloween is. Halloween edition of Chick Flick Week. You know, I I. I and, can- I'll concede that a little bit, Billy, because because one of the movies we're talking about is definitely chick flick territory. But I've always liked it, so it's one of my guilty pleasures too. Well, good. <laughs> I'm glad because <laughs> I, I didn't hate it, uh-huh. but I'm I'm not as into it as as many others are. And I know a bunch of people who love uh, Practical Magic as one of our movies, and right, right, right. I know a lot of people that love that movie and. I didn't hate it, but I don't think I'll be watching it again. You know, yeah, I, it's not one of those movies that I have through it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's not one of those movies that I have to, have to have to have to watch all the time. But once every couple of years, Halloween time, um, it's just one of those things that it has to be done. And 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 I, I while I like Sandra Bullock and I like Nicole Kidman, I watch that movie for the aunts. For for Francis and Jet, for for Diane Weist and Stocker Channing as that as that tandem in the background in the supporting role because they're just a freaking riot. Stocker Channing, in my opinion, is a force of nature that needs to be reckoned with on a regular basis, no matter what character she plays. She so. is she is really good. For, like I think the first time I saw her was in Greece, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, she was probably around before that. But Greece oh, yeah. is my first exposure to her, and she is. I mean. Susan will tell you, West Wing is one of her favorite show, one of our favorite shows. Mine too. And she yeah, she played uh, the first Abigail lady. Hartlett. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's, she's an excellent actress, Stockton yep. Channing. You Absolutely. know what the best thing about her is Abigail Bartlett. Mm-hmm. She spoke full oh, yeah. sentences, had thoughts, mm-hmm. she did things. She looked good, but she had thoughts. It was absolutely amazing oh you could tell it was fiction (laughs) that's an unfortunate commentary isn't it susan (laughs) that's i hear the giggles we we need that we need that strength across all of humanity outside of our fiction i think that's that's really 
where we're lacking right now. But that's a sociological discussion for another day. Today, we're going to talk about Halloween movies. And um, and while we're doing that, how before we jump into that, because I know we'll, we'll take a quick break and then we'll we'll really dive into that conversation. Um, but I haven't walked around the uh, the panel today. Dan, how you doing there, man? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm doing good for an old man, I think is the catchphrase I've been using <laughs> as of lately. And, uh, and Miss Tanya? Yes. How's things? School's but, going well? Yeah, actually, school's going very well. Good deal. So. And Billy Billy. Hey, have you ever fallen asleep and then woken up the next morning feeling like you broke your thumb somehow during the middle of the night? You know, strangely enough, I actually, <laughs> it's odd that you actually asked that question. I'm familiar with that. Did that happen to you this morning? Uh, not necessarily this morning, but it's happened mm-hmm. recently and okay. and it's still sort of confounding me. So I'm, I'm taking a poll. I, I, I have on several occasions too, because apparently I'm, I'm a fairly active sleeper, but I, I did not realize that, but um, I have pinned He's my one arm. not that active. That's not it. In my lifetime, I'm not that active. I was gonna... <laughs> and that's the laugh we're talking about. Oh, I love it. I love it. This is going to be a good week. This is going to be a good week. But yes, I've, I've pinned my arm under me, and, and I woke up not realizing I had done that until I tried to move said arm, and it's just dead because circulation has not been restored to mm-hmm. it. Nice. So that's the thing. But then, but then our poor Billy just got broadsided by his beloved wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, uh, this is a day I'm glad my husband is not here. <laughs> oh, why is that, pray tell? <laughs> because he's in the barn. Just because he, we made him watch Hocus Pocus, and yeah, that wasn't very good. <laughs> wasn't his favorite movie either, was it? No, he actually. I think he went and uh, was like. Uh, we, he wanted to watch like the Incredible Hulk series mm-hmm. on Hulu instead, and I'm like, really? That's better than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the I have it on DVD. So it's the ultimate philosophical discussion of the Jekyll, the war between Jekyll and Hyde, in the in the soul of every man. Okay, it's a comic book movie. Whatever, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> oh boy. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's so no further anecdote, no further I ado. I hadn't thought about, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it in terms of Jekyll and Hyde and the War inside the soul yeah. of every man. But that's real, that's interesting. When you spend four years talking about comic books on a weekly podcast, you start thinking of the philosophical extent of it. It's really, it, start, it starts kind of becoming a natural aspect. Also the fact that I'm an English major with a political science minor, so therefore I am a bullshit artist. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, Yeah. <laughs> Yes. All right. Go ahead. You go first. No? Okay. Um, no, I was so, just conf- saying, yes, you're a good bullshit artist. Oh, see? Yeah, you would know. All right. So <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when we return from break, two Halloween, well, uh, one Halloween classic and one kind of loosely associated with Halloween. And uh, that would be Hocus Pocus with the Divine Miss M and uh, and supporting sisters, uh, Kathy Najami and Sarah Jessica Parker and Practical Magic with the aforementioned Susan Bullock and Nicole Kidman. So we'll be Sandra. right back. Sandra. what I say? Susan. Susan. We've got that? too many Susans got going on right now. I have Susan on the brain. This is cool. I'm just so excited to have you here, Susan. So Sandra Bullock. <laughs> hey, you know, 
It's it's not a complete podcast unless I make some sort of a duff. All right, take a break. Magic. The brought us back. Only works tonight. On all Hallow's Eve, when the sun comes up, we have dust. Dust? Toast. Toast. Pudding! <laughs> Fortunately, the potion I brewed the night we were hanged would keep us alive and young forever. <sighs> Unfortunately, the recipe for that potion is in my spellbook, and the little wretches have stolen it. Therefore, it stands to reason, does it not, sisters dear, that we must find the book, brew the potion, and suck the lives out of the children of Salem before sunrise? Otherwise, it's curtains. We evaporate. We cease to exist. Dost thou come? Well, you explained it beautifully, Winnie. The way you started, started out with the adventure part, and then you sort of slowly... Explain what? Into... Come! We fly! It's protected by magic. <laughs> it's just a bunch of hocus pocus! And we are back, ladies, gentlemen, and all points in between. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you're enjoying yourselves. And uh, now on to the fun. Um, it's Halloween season, as we've mentioned a couple of times. And the it, it seems to me like the, the quintessential Halloween movie these days that people talk about the most is the aforementioned Hocus Pocus. Bette Midler, Kathy Najami, Sarah Jessica Parker, a very young uh, Sean Murray from NCIS, who only, who, who only physically plays the part. His voice is dubbed the entire movie by somebody else, if I remember correctly, seeing in the For the trailer. cat. For the As, cat. Well, no, him too. Him too. I, I read that in the IMDb oh, trivia really? page. Yeah, I that, thought it was just um, him in regards to Binks for the cat. I no, go, it's, he couldn't do the colonial voice. He couldn't do the accent. Yeah. yeah. They wanted that kind of old world Pan American kind of an accent, and Sean Murray just couldn't pull it off. So while physically he played the part, he never once <coughs> actually uh, you can you can't hear him. He said the lines, but you can't hear him. Uh, anyway, so but who else is in this movie that we that we know? Um, Peter Peter and Penny Marshall, or yes. Gary and Penny Marshall? Gary, and Gary. I don't. I read. I get Peter from anyway. Man, I am just full of accuracy. Peter Marshall was the host of Hollywood Squares. Thank you, thank you for that save, billion restoring some of my dignity mm -hmm. um, Actually, the, the teenage boy his, the actor's name was Omri Katz and mm -hmm. I don't I may have been the only fan of this show but I actually have the DVD set he starred in a TV show called Erie Indiana it was on Sunday nights it it took place in like well a, a spooky town called Erie Indiana where weird things happen it was very Twilight Zone-ish okay that. And I really liked that show, and he was the star in it when he was younger than he was in Hocus Pocus. Is it almost like a precursor to, uh, like, Haven and Eureka? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Okay. It's definitely pre-Eureka, but I thought it was more like um, Middletown America pre-Eureka. Okay, okay. Now, we, we have a mixed bag of reactions to Hocus Pocus on our panel today. We have, on one hand, we have Anne. Who adores Hocus Pocus, if I'm not mistaken. I do. And then you have Susan Billy and I <laughs> who are like You are wrong. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I yeah. totally was waiting for who were wrong. Yeah. Now now just I'm gonna throw my opinion out there. I mean it I, I get it as a as a nineties movie, 
And if you look at it in the context of a 90s movie geared towards the kids of the 90s, the fact, you know, the, the over the top level of it completely can just kind of go with the flow on that one. Um, you know, the plot devices that they use, the the twists and turns that they use are very formulaic for 90s, right? And, and it, it, it was, it was for me, it was cute. It was I, cute. I don't even know if it was formulaic for 90s. It's sort of formulaic for kids' movies. True. And that I could picture if the little rascal starred in it. Uh-huh. The same sort of wacky hijinks that happened. Or when I was a kid, there was a movie that I loved called Escape to Witch Mountain or Escape from Witch Mountain. Oh, uh-huh. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then its sequel, Return to Witch Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I loved them. I haven't seen them since I was a kid. I don't know if they hold up, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling it may be a similar type of thing. But we've never disliked formulaic movies. I love formulaic stuff, so it's not that. Mm-hmm. What it reminds me of is Nickelodeon had this whole Friday night thing, which was all that. Are you afraid of the dark? And um, there was something else that was on. And it kind of fit in with that formulaic. Are you afraid of the dark thing where it had goosebumps? No, it was goosebumps was not on Nickelodeon. But I just remember like Friday night watching this from maybe like seventh grade until like 10th grade. Mm -hmm. So 91 to 94 ish. So it kind of fit in with that whole thing. And they it was highly advertised during this segment on Nickelodeon. It was like the Friday night Nickelodeon teen thing. And they advertised so much Hocus Pocus that everybody had to go see it. Fair. Okay. Um, and, and it has retained an audience. And one of the last things I think that happened in Rochester before the shutdown, the pandemic shutdown mm-hmm. was a showing of Hocus Pocus at the Kodak theater with <laughs> Kathy and Jimmy doing a Q and a. Oh, really? So, okay. I missed mm-hmm. that. So I, I know it happens and people love it. it. Just didn't strike us as something. And to be fair, we didn't watch the whole thing. Like I, I think I told you guys, we watched maybe half an hour of it mm-hmm. and thought, well, this isn't for us. And, We'll let you guys who've watched the whole thing sort of tell tell me what or tell us what the uh, pleasures of this movie is. I, I got through the whole movie, but I did start kind of effectively putting it into background noise. And I know it's going to happen. There's going to be friends of mine listening to this podcast and going, oh, God, we're going to disown Chris at this point. But, uh, you know, it's just I was like, OK, I want to get through just so I can see the whole story so I can talk intelligently about it. OK, great. But there was a point where I was like, I'm done here. This is enough for me. Um, and then there's Anne who will tell me I'm wrong. But <laughs> but you know what? I think a lot of times things are um, I'm thinking about Anne's point about everybody had to go see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, it's not necessarily about the quality of the movie or the quality of the record, or um, it kind of becomes divorced from quality as an objective sort of thing. Although I don't okay. know if you can be objective about art, but it becomes more <laughs> about the, the group environment. There's things that I absolutely love because I think of them as a snapshot of a period of time that was just fabulous and magical. I love disco because I think of gay bars and dancing Uh to disco in gay bars. And Bill hates 
disco. And he's like, how you've got such great taste in music. How can you possibly love that? And I'm like, it was the zeitgeist. It was, you know, the spirit of the times and right. it brings that back. So it's, so basically what we're seeing is the spirit of, of the nineties in this case, the, or, or it's kind of applying kind of a similar outlook. I mean, I apply, maybe, and did, did, I applied to him. Like so during this time, there was a lot, a lot of Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movies out. Right. Cause they were the remember. thing. Yes. And I just, go back to thinking it was Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen or Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I know what I was choosing every time. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go back like 10 years after this movie came out, I had a niece born and we used to watch DVDs all the time. My sister didn't have cable and, and we would watch DVDs. And I just remember Hocus Pocus was the one that got burnt up the most because that was the only one that I would watch because I didn't want to watch, you know, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen over and over and over again. But those movies went under that same formula, I think, you know, drama, help, another thing falls into place, something happens, mm -hmm. end the story, everything's good, you know? Mm -hmm. But. Again, I, I've said this, I'm a huge Bat Midler fan, and the 90s was Bat Midler, and I think she carried the movie for a long time. Well, but, yeah. yeah to, to be fair, though, Susan and I are huge Bat Midler fans. We've gone to see her a couple times up in Canada. Just be, we're, we're fans of her music, of her comedy, and we were hopeful of this movie going in. Mm -hmm. And it, unfortunately for us, it, it didn't click. Did you get to us. hear the song? Did no, you get to the song? no, I'm okay, sorry. So there is, there is two. Well, I think why well, know one song for sure in it. Well, she does saying. her rendition of "I Put a Spell on You" towards the end yeah. too. So, and yeah. it's, it gives you the the chance for Vet Midler to sing, which I thought was great. You know. See, I I just googled Hocus Pocus. It came out in 1993, mm -hmm. and I think in, in that those years or that year. Jurassic Park, I saw Mrs. Doubtfire, I saw Groundhog Day, mm -hmm. True Romance. So, I mean, there, there were movies that I guess The Fugitive, God, I love The Fugitive, but uh, I, I guess that movie just, well, and you're younger than me, so that that movie was more for you at that point, I, I'm yeah, guessing I then. Was... 93, 93. How old was I? I was 15. So yeah. yeah. That, so you just, kinda, I just had a side thought. I'm just thinking of a pair of characters I would love to see in a spontaneous um, side by side. You know, they share a scene together would be Winifred Sanders and Mrs. Doubtfire together in one scene. I think oh. that'd be amazing. <laughs> I would agree with that. I, I vote for that, but we can't uh, do it. So. I know. Unfortunately, that's not possible, but still, it'd be a cool, cool it'd be fun to see that one in action. Um, let's hear from the two that have remained silent thus far, because Anne has already pointed it in her opinion so far, and, and Susan, Billy, and I have been kind of mentioning ours, but I have not heard really from Tanya and Dan yet. So you guys watch this, and what thoughts? Are you in the middle? Are you on one particular side of the fence? I, remember, I'm a check-your-brain-at-the-door type uh, person. You, you are when, good at that, yep. When, when, movie, um, when I'm watching movies and things like that, and I mean... It, it was fun. Is it something that I would watch every year? No, I'm not into it as much as Anne is. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen bits and pieces of it. And truly, uh, when I watched it a couple Saturdays ago, it was like the first time I 
truly watched it from beginning to end. Um, cause I've only, as I said, seen bits and pieces of it prior. Um, it was, it, I would say it was fun. It was enjoyable, but I'm also younger than Billy and Susan, but I'm older than Anne. So I'm like right in that, that mix. I mean, 93, mm-hmm. I was 21. So right. yeah, you and I were both early twenties at that point. So I'm like, as Billy was looking at, I'm like, yeah, I saw Jurassic Park, the fugitive Schindler's list. I think I saw those well before I saw Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it was something, it was, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Um, as I said, my coworker, my coworker, Anita, she loves this movie. She's on the side with Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, so she will watch it like every Halloween time, like several times during the month. So I think her DVD would be burned out too. <laughs> so, but Dan- Daniel song. I mean, I kind of agree with Tanya about being, a, I'm good at checking my brain at the door there. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't, again, it's not one of my top movies, but I enjoyed watching it and I would watch it again sometime, not every week or day or anything, but I would watch it again. Was, was there, there's, I mean, for the two that are, you know, good, good at the, I'm not going to overanalyze this. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to enjoy the movie. Is there something about the movie that did appeal to you? Is, is, was it just this, was there something about the story, something about the, the, you know, the, the, the characters? It was just silly. Just the silliness <laughs> of it. You know, I, I enjoy watching silly movies sometimes. I mean, it's just, I mean, just, it was, I mean, it wasn't any big meaning behind it. Not big, uh-huh. you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. I mean, the actors were good. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and it was just, it, it's just, uh, it was kind of, it was fun. I mean, it was silly and fun. It wasn't really, wasn't trying to get much out of it. I was just trying to enjoy myself for an hour and a half there or whatever it was. And, and I did. And maybe I, maybe I should go back and look at it because I do like silly movies. One of my favorite Halloween, ha- Halloween movies is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, wow, and yeah. I've always loved you know, the three stooges and goofy stuff like that. So it's, it's not like I'm some type of brainiac, but. No, those I, are a different type of comedy, though. I mean, those. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're if you love the Three Stooges or whatever, you or you know, Abbott and Costello, you're gonna pretty much love most of the stuff they do because they're they're. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is just you know one off thing, so it's harder to get in on on this. Yeah, I. I so I looking, know. so looking at when this was released, it was July sixteenth. Um, looking at the the two like silly type movies that. Would be um, different for Billy. It would either be Hocus Pocus or Coneheads. I'm thinking he's going Coneheads. I yeah, I I grew up with those early Saturday Night Live years, and I've always <laughs> liked them. So, and I I don't love the Coneheads movie either. But out of the two, I would definitely take you know Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin as the Coneheads. <laughs> and then sure. between Hocus Pocus, Coneheads, and Robin Men, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh, Chris Mel and Dan would be way. going yeah, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh, yeah. we're, men, we're men in tights. Tight, tight. tights. So just looking at... around the forest looking for fights. At, <laughs> at the movies that were being released around that time, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at... I'm like, I haven't seen Benefit of the Doubt, which was the same day as Hocus Pocus. I haven't seen Free Willy. Um Aww, Free Willy. so i mean it's family drama and it it, on hocus pocus is family horror comedy so Uh i don't know it's just but just looking at the movies that it was going up against at that point right and i think 
looking at the demographics, it definitely wasn't like the demographics of the 20 something, even though it, it was family mm -hmm. and, and us being early twenties, we didn't have like, like the family values yet because our parents were older and it's just, we didn't have any kids at that point. So I don't what? think that was something that was geared for us. Is, is there a lot of Halloween stuff? I mean, Billy mentioned, you know, Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. I, I think we did kind of glance over, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about, you know, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. But are there any really other uh, Halloween movies? Halloween That would be the political season for 25, Chris. Uh, yeah. Other than the Halloween series. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. The, Halloween. Hall oh, Halloween, yeah. the horror movie. Okay, oh, I did. Is that, it, is that really the quintessential Halloween movie, though? Is the horror movie? I think, I think most people associate scary Halloween with, with scary. Halloween. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Clue. Oh, the square, the square pumpkin. The witches. Okay. Oh, the witches of Eastwick, or is that a, that's that a, that's not a Halloween movie? That's just right. An this is sure to be badass. This is 1990, The Witches, A Tale of a Young Boy Who Stumbles Upon a Gaggle, which is still so popular. Mm -hmm. It's even getting a remake to star Anne Hathaway and Octavia Spencer. Ooh. Okay, The Haunted Mansion. Is a oh, I love that movie. Okay. Amityville Horror. Mm, not so much. Ernest mm -hmm. Scares Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jim Barney. <laughs> One that I, I've, I've seen and I probably wouldn't want to go back and watch again is Pet Cemetery. No. Oh, wow. I read yeah. the book. I like the book better than the movie. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I, I, think I like the book true better. In most cases, we've, yeah. we've talked about that on several podcasts yeah. where, you know, book versus movie, the book is going to win nine times out of ten. You know, 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I agree with this one, but Edward Scissorhands is considered Halloween movie. See, I... I I mean, it, it has a Christmas feel to it. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Trick or treat. Somebody once tried to convince me that E.T. was a Halloween movie because Halloween was featured in the movie. Well, that, there's your Die Hard argument. Yeah, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. You know, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. I believe that, but. I don't know. It's like. Well, oh, here's oh, here's the that Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie, Double Double Toil and Trouble. Oh God, that oh, was awful. That was also <laughs> 1993. That's why. Uh, and Justice is Swift Liebig. Oh, that was no, awful. The, the one that is hysterical is Monster House. Monster oh, House. That, that is really funny. Monster I don't know House. That movie. What is Monster oh. House? When did that come out? Uh, 2006. The scariest okay. house on the street has a mind of its own in the spirited adventure story. Basically, uh -huh. um, it's an animated movie. Uh -huh. um, we, ha I have it on DVD. It's it's really it, it gets a little it's a little spooky at times, uh -huh. um, but it, it's definitely geared towards kids who are um, kind of uh, watching the house across the street because it like swallows basketballs and then spits out tricycles and was oh, that is that the animated one? Yes, an I remember that now. Okay, yes, I do remember watching that with uh, with Jules when she was itty bitty little. And the three kids are trying to get everyone to. Mm -hmm. I see that everyone avoids this house like the plague type mm -hmm. thing. Don't don't. And it's truly the old man's trying to protect all the kids from 
um, his wife, who was a circus freak and and died in the house, and she's now taken uh, over. Yeah, I remember it all now. Yeah, that, that one's coming back to me. The craft. Ooh, there's a good one. And that's going to help. That's going to help us move in the direction where we wanted to go with the conversation. So you have the craft. And apparently they're making a craft sequel. I don't know if they can ever redo that one because that just had the right charisma and everything to it. Uh, yeah, Nev Campbell, Fruza Balk, uh, Robin Tunney, and unfortunately, I cannot remember the fourth young lady's name. So hopefully, Tanya, the investigation expert, will be I will. I'm going to vamp like a mother until I can get that name. <laughs> but yeah, I do remember the craft and watching that and being all, ooh. I mean, it was very stylized. And then that leads into your TV conversation about Charmed. And, it's you know, the shows like Craft Legacy. Craft Legacy is going to be the sequel that they're working on right now. I yes. The official trailer is on demand October 28th. Mm. Um, Kaylee Sp- Spaney? Kaylee Spaney. Okay. Unfortunately, um, I don't know her well enough to say, oh, yeah, that's she's from South. She's so-and-so. playing Lily, Feruza mm-hmm. Balk, mm-hmm. Lovey Simone, Michelle Monaghan, David Duchovny. David Duchovny was in the craft? This is what this is the craft legacy cast. Uh, oh, really? So they got a couple of them back for the uh, the sequel. That's cool. So right. um, it was Gideon, Adlin, Julian Gray, Zoe Luna. Now let uh-huh. me go back to the craft. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Feruza, Robin Tunney. Right. Uh, Rachel True. Skeet Ulrich? What a name. Skeet Ulrich is the guy from Scream who looks like Johnny Depp. Right. Uh, Christine Taylor. She played Marsha Brady in the Brady Bunch movies. Okay. And she's married to Ben Stiller. Is she really? Yeah. Are they still together? I thought that Ben Stiller went through a divorce recently. Maybe. I don't know. I I thought they were, but. Uh Christine Taylor. Let's see. They were separated in 2017. Ah. So they're not officially. Uh, if those two crazy kids can't make it in this world, who can? Uh, Brecken. Was it Brecken Meyer? Brecken Meyer. Oh, yeah. No, I know that kid. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen him in quite a bit of things. Oh, he was in Child's Play? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, Another boy. Halloween movie. And Rat Race, one of my favorite silly movies. Garfield the movie. There you go. Clueless. And this is how we get off on a tangent. Yep. This this we're, this is usual. This is par for the course. Our listeners are not surprised that we're here right now. Um, but we can take the craft, which has a more, <laughs> and I'll say it, practical look at things. Right? <laughs> it, it's less, it's, it is still an over-the-top teenage drama kind of a story, but it's it's not mired in um, the, 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 the cute childlike silliness of Hocus Pocus. It's starting to move towards a more, you know, giving you that feel that this could actually be like a real setting. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll, we'll bounce off the craft real quick. We'll come back to that another day. Maybe we'll do a podcast about the craft. I haven't seen it. And things like that. And um, I haven't seen and, the craft. And we'll dive into Practical Magic, which I know is the movie that a few of us really want. So we're going to go, we're going to do this tennis match where there was a movie that want, some of us wanted to talk about. And some of us were like, eh. And now we're going to go to a movie where some of us wanted to talk about. And some of us are, eh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of a balanced aspect of things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but Practical Magic, which came out in 91 or 95, no, 95, I want to say. I think 98. 
98. I, okay, it was after after Hocus Pocus. And uh, as I had mentioned before, uh, Nicole Kidman, not Susan Bullock, but Sandra Bullock. And, yeah. and, uh, and a young Evan Rachel Wood uh, played one of uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, daughters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the little redhead. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So... And and a very it was a fun. I thought it was a great way. The way they introduced the movie, the way they came up with the run up, they they talked about the Owens legacy and and um, you know with the, the the way they kind of introduced the story and how they brought it into into play. Um, now, Susan, I know you love this movie, and I think you're actually a bigger fan of it than I am, and I I enjoy the hell out of this movie. But what is it about this movie that brings you to it? Um. Wow. Uh, I think part of it is, is kind of the woman's empowerment thing. Okay. Um, you know, there, uh, I, listen, I have never met a movie about someone who is struggling and downtrodden (laughs) and then triumphs over evil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't like, like, I love that stuff. Oh yeah. So I think that was a big part of it for me. Uh-huh. You know, the um, all of the women are kind of outsiders, mm-hmm. um, outsiders and outcasts because they're different and because they're um, and and then they triumph over that. Mm-hmm. That's not gender specific, but I like the women doing it. Okay. I, I think I, you also see uh, different points of the spectrum. There are the, the aunts who are my favorite characters in the entire movie who have embraced it. They just, they are it. They have no problem with it. There's but they're the, also older. Yes. So, so it you really have that shows like the generations of, I don't know, kind of female experience, mm-hmm. you know, when you're young and hopeful, when you're young and then uh, kind of midlife, it's sort of like, oh, I'm sure I can still fit in. And, you know, then <laughs> when you get to me my age and it's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um you know, and but then you have the dichotomy between Sally and Jillian, where Sally is just like, no, she wants nothing to do with it. She wants she she, she wants to fit in. She wants to conform. She mm-hmm. wants to, you know, she wants to be left alone and not ridiculed for for what she's gone through. And she's she's not seeing the story that she's a part of. But I think it's an intentional kind of a kind of a, of a cutting herself up from it. But then there's Jillian, who is the other end of the spectrum, where she's dove in head first but then i don't would, would you call it a, a she's abused it or or is just the way she's not really learned how to control it i i'm not sure how to talk about how nicole kidman's wild child kind of fits into that story i'm trying to knit here i don't i i think of hers just kind of um you know the casual destruction of of someone who's kind of self-obsessed and um, self-obsessed with youth and wildness and being mm-hmm. the bad boy or bad girl and sex. Okay. I don't I don't think it really had anything to do with the magic per se. I think she just, you know, was <laughs> hormonal and there wasn't enough going on on the island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That... Right? Like she had to leave. Uh-huh. <laughs> I it, see it, her you, as a you person. Can't say it better. Who, 
I see I see her as a person who knew who she was and knew she wasn't going to be happy where she was, so she left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see her. I agree. I see her as a really powerful character. Okay. She got in over her head. But I, I see mm-hmm. her as like, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. I see the see- aunt as raising these girls to be strong and empowered in who they want to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them taking it and using that to, you know, leave the island and do what she wants. And the other one to be like, I want to raise my family. Mm-hmm. So every woman needs two empowering strong ants in their lives like these two ants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking at, I know maybe I was overthinking it and maybe because being male, I'm, I, I have a disadvantage at really understanding the, the relationship sometimes. But I looked at the two sisters in the middle you know, Sally and Jillian, as um, they were working apart, they, they were pulling apart from each other because they each wanted that that particular goal for themselves. But apart, they were not as strong as they were together. Right. They, they That the one needed the other. And it didn't matter which one you were looking at first, but, but Sally needed Jillian to remind herself of who she really was as a 100% person. And Jillian needed Sally to rein her in a little bit so that she, you know, to, to so that she could be, you know, see the whole thing without getting herself into, into so much trouble. And I, I maybe a limited way of looking at it, but I just, I saw that as the two sides of the coin, you know, and, and like, I don't know, I, I had a really kind of cool thought, but then I forgot it because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a but, but that's also kind of the, the thing of gender specific movies, mm-hmm. like the, um, the male buddy cop movie or mm-hmm. the male war movie. It's the, it's the same thing. It's the yin and yang, whether right. it's male or female sisters. Um, that's, that's a trope. And that's a, you know, that it, it almost feels like the word trope has become a trope, a dirty word. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it feels like it, it, instead of just saying, okay, well, that's a trope that's identifiable. That's, that's a, a kind of a, a par for the course kind of a thing. It's like, oh yeah, that's a trope. It's like, oh, that's just flattened that whole story out. Didn't it? Oh okay, my God, well, we really? It, I, I've in talking to a lot of people. Um, it, it, it's really, that's the feeling I'm getting is when I hear huh. trope, it is said with a tone that's like, oh, it's just, that's that, that's a typical trope. It's like almost like that. There's a negative connotation. Thank to you. It. Yes, Billy. And, oh, I didn't and, mean it like that at no, all. And I, and I get that. I'm just saying this is this seems to be something that has is becoming more and more prevalent. At least that I've noticed. Um, you know, because Lots I tried to have been co-opted. Well, yes, that has that is a that is an entire that's a podcast in and of itself. That concept, <laughs> that conversation right there. Um, and I agree. Uh, and, and co-opted and see, and we've even used the tone co-opted. It has almost a negative connotation to it. Like that's, it's, these words are being abused. Co-opted has been co-opted. Co-opted has been co-opted. And is now a trope. It is now a trope. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Off the rails. Off the rails. This is nothing. Um, Let's try to, we're going to circle very abrasively back towards practical magic at this point. And l- let me ask this question. Um, who played, who played Jimmy? Oh God, I can't think Gordon of his name. The gym. Vicinic. Vicinic. Yeah. Gordon Vicinic. Um, who I remember seeing on ER. I've seen him in several things. Right now he's uh, he playing. Timeless. 
he was in Timeless. Right now, he's playing a, a part in season two of The Boys. Is he? Um, yes, he's playing. Um, he's playing a background character who's got his own. You're starting to learn that he's got his own machinations now. Oh, um, Alistair Adana. Yes, and he's this amazing actor. I, I, you, I want to see more of this guy on screen because he's just—he's got this magnetic quality to him that's like. I tell okay. you, he's very good looking. <laughs> well, there's that too. He's a handsome fella, but I, I also I, like his characters on his character on ER was uh, a very interesting. Luca. Yeah, had a very interesting kind of arc to it. Um, and yes, I watched ER for a while, but after a while, I just got tired. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it. It was a great story, but I just couldn't keep up with the, you know, they, they would reach into your chest and pull your heart out and bounce it around the room for a little bit before smacking it back in your face. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Anyway, tangent. Um, but he, he was, he was our, our villain in Practical Magic. He was our, our, our adversary. Um, and I think. It, it was an interesting villain role because it really wasn't that persistent uh, character with an, an arc throughout the story. Like you're used to like with the Marvel movies, you have a villain who is, who has a goal and he's trying to work towards that goal. Um, Jimmy was just kind of this presence that focused the rest of the, the story around it. It, it, that's the impression I'm getting, at least in this one. So, wait a minute. What What do you mean he was the presence that focused the story? Well, I'm tr- here's here's where I'm trying to. The bad guy. He he was the bad guy, right? But without, he really didn't have a goal. I mean, it's it's like he just was just being this menacing presence in the background. He wasn't trying to. Um, I don't know. He wasn't trying to like defeat something or, or, or have a victory over something. He just oh, wanted right. to be, he wanted to be this, this present. He just wanted what he wanted. And I thought that's what he was. Obs- he was obsessed. He, yeah. he was obsessed with um, uh, Jillian and uh-huh. he wanted to keep her no matter what type right. thing. And, and um, he, he's, I'm, and I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm not trying to like lessen it. I'm not trying to like talk it down. I'm just saying it's it's an interesting departure from the usual villain story. It's like you know he's not trying to blow up the city or he's not trying to conquer this. He's not trying to. He's just trying to. Hang, he's just holding on for dear life to this thing that he wants more than anything. So I just, well, I'm, he's trying to blow her up. Well, there's that. He's in, I mean, it's you know if you want to look at it like that, like from a diehard perspective, she's okay. the building. He's holding okay. the building hostage. I mean, any woman who has ever been in a relationship or a mm-hmm. man, but it's more typically women mm-hmm. who has been in a controlling, violent, mm-hmm. scary relationship and then told if you leave, X will happen and then has been stalked afterwards. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Is and, and and am I over? Here's here's my question. Then am I over trying? I'm overthinking it. Then I'm trying to apply a very, I'll just say, it, male kind of outlook on this. I'm looking for the good, the bad, you know, the hero journey, the villain journey. I'm trying to put put it together as almost wow, almost like an action movie. I'm trying to put this together in my head to try to justify why I like certain parts of this movie. Is is it? Am I making sense now at the moment? Well, what 
Are you trying to say that you liked parts of him and you want to figure out why? No, I just, I, th- I think what I'm doing right now is I'm having a revelation at this point where I'm like, I've liked this movie for so long and I'm wondering, because you had mentioned how it's just this great story about female empowerment. And, and I agree with that sentiment. Exactly. I think that's, that's a fantastic way of looking at it. I'm now trying to figure out why I've liked it for so much. It's more than just cute girls running around. Right. And, and so I'm looking at it from my perspective going, wow, why, why, why have I liked this movie? And, and why am, am I trying to push my view on it? it, it I'm, oh, I'm just, Chris, I'm, you're, you I'm love female shit out my empowerment. Head. What's that? No, even if you couldn't see it, you love mm-hmm. female empowerment. I do. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you're all, you're all about that, even though it didn't drop into your lap like, oh, this is female empowerment movie. Yeah. You know, I think what I mean, I'm doing no, right now is I'm that's kind of who you are. Tonight. That makes a great deal of sense to me. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because sometimes these podcasts are a discussion where we're exchanging ideas and then sometimes it's therapy for me while I'm rolling heads, you know, thoughts around in my head and I'm trying to understand why I'm looking at things the way I do. I'm <laughs> so sorry. That's okay. If you're turning to Billy for therapy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it happens more often than you think. Oh, no, it's so great. No, sorry. It's great. I would pray for you now. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> There's a lot of love in this panel. There's a lot of love in the panel because it's, it's there are times where it's Tanya's turn. There are times where it's Dan's turn. There's more often than not, it's my turn. Um, you know, and, and then Billy will, will talk about stuff that's important to him. And it, it, that's, I think that's, that's why we've had so much fun with this podcast for as long as we have, is that we just start talking about whatever's on our heads. <laughs> it's make, you know, and then that's where I was like, wait a minute, why do I like this movie so much? And am I, am I looking at it from the wrong angle? No. Okay. I'm good. All right, here we go. <laughs> and, uh, and I like the movie for midnight margaritas. That is a fantastic scene. That is like one of my, it's not one of my favorite scenes, but it's, it's definitely up there. And, um, and I love it because the whole cast comes to life in that, in that scene where Sally was such a stick in the mud for most of it. But then all of a sudden, you know, Jilly wakes her up and it's midnight margaritas. And suddenly Sandra Bullock's Sally becomes this entirely different character dancing around and having a grand old time. I have a question about that. Yes. Um, do you put rum and coconut in a margarita? Is that oh, like a can. thing? Yeah. You can, but no, margaritas are typically tequila and lime. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. You put the rum in, the, but that was the rum and the coconut song. Right, that's the rum and the okay. coconut song. I guess there's no cool dancing tequila song. <laughs> oh, I did a shot and then I threw up. Ooh, it was so great. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> there's no tequila. Song. Well, no, there's tequila. Pee Wee Herman tequila song. Come on. Because everybody's going to think of Pee Wee Herman at that one, and I don't know if that makes it cool anymore. Now, was it during Midnight Margaritas as they were slinging insults at everybody? Yes. Okay, so looking at the trivia. Yep, I was going to say that. According to Sandra Bullock in the commentary, in the scene where Jillian and Sally get drunk with their aunts and they sling insults, the actresses really actually got drunk. They were drinking some very bad tequila that Nicole Kidman brought. (gasps) Really? So that was purely them drunk. And just throwing, throwing elbows at each other for their own entertainment. Yes. I'm going to say this, that uh, next con weekend, we need to have midnight margaritas in Tanya and Anne's hotel room. Okay. I'm in. And and for those that don't drink, we can make virgin margaritas. (laughs) No, no, there'll be margaritas. (laughs) 
I don't drink tequila. Oh, tequila's horrible. It's because you haven't had the right tequila. Oh. If you have good tequila, then it's it's an entirely different creature. It's an animal all to itself. It's, uh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm like Louise. I've discovered tequila, and uh, yeah. It's Ooh. it's 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 a bad relationship. It's a fun relationship, but it's an no, not necessarily. <laughs> no, I just like some of the quotes that came through. I was looking at the quotes. Fire off some quotes for me. The the one that I really liked is when um the ants were taking the girls away. So the um or were and Sally goes and I don't want them dancing naked under the full moon when they're going to the festival. And uh-huh. Aunt Jack goes, no, of course. The nudity is entirely optional, as you well remember. <laughs> <laughs> so it it's and then when she's casting the spell, um, when she's very young, you'll hear mm-hmm. my my call a mile away. It's all that fantasy that when you're when you're like little that you're that you're wishing for like your prince charming or your uh, princess if you're going to the opposite way. He mm-hmm. will whistle my favorite song. He can ride a pony backwards. And Jillian's like, what are you doing? And yeah. so, and it's just like, that's the point. The guy I dreamed of doesn't exist. And if he doesn't exist, I'll never drive, die of a broken heart. So she knew then that she didn't want to necessarily fall under that curse of mm-hmm. the, the Owens woman's curse. So only to do so nonetheless. Yeah. Can can I point out what I think is the biggest flaw of this movie? Tell me. I think it's the title. And that the title to me connotates like this light, fluffy romantic comedy, like a bewitched type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's it I went in expecting something funnier than it was. There there's cute there's a couple funny moments, but it's a heavy no not super heavy drama, but it's more thoughtful than it is wacky. Mm-hmm. Well, and you and I s- think the title makes it feel like it should be lighter. Okay. okay. Well, if you look at the title and then you look at the um, picture of the, the, um, of the advertisement of what, what's like the movie poster. Mm-hmm. It, it's very um, dramatic. It, it's not, I'm like, both Sandra Bullock's and uh, Nicole Kidman's faces are like, like got that we're not messing around type thing. We're pretty serious about who we are and right. things like that. That they don't, whereas if you compare it back to Hocus Pocus, which is which is hot. Sorry, um, <laughs> I'm derailed. That, it, <laughs> that it's Come. more. That's more colorful and lighthearted, whereas the Practical Magic movie poster is basically candles and, and it's black. It's yeah, very dark. So it's not necessarily... Yeah, the, the title might lead you astray to have it be more lighthearted, but looking yeah, but, at... But now, 20 years after the movie came out, or however long ago it was, I'm not looking at the advertising or the poster. I'm just going, okay, I've got to watch Practical Magic. So I pull it up on... You know, the magical internets to watch without seeing internets. without uh, seeing advertising or okay, I've got to watch Practical Magic so I can talk to my friends this week. No, even googling, googling it, the, the very like the images for yeah. it, it's just the very first uh-huh. one is the movie poster. Uh-huh. But I don't know. <laughs> That's just me. 
can can I say another thing that I just Absolutely. love about this movie? Absolutely. I can't remember what the um the rating is, but it's some I I think God, someplace in Europe. PG thirteen. No, no, no. It's a different kind of a rating. It's a rating for how women are portrayed in a movie. Are they an accessory? Are they used to enhance the male um, them? Or are they a real whole person? Or are they, in effect, boobs or legs or, you know, an an accessory? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it the uh, Bechtel? That's it. That's it. Yes. So the thing that's so fabulous about this movie is the women are the whole characters and Mm -hmm. the men are kind of monosyllabic with the exception of um, the cop that shows up. Aiden Quinn. Yes. But other other than that, um, the men are, are... it, it, the 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 gender roles are kind of reversed, and it's I really like that. That it is a good touch. It it definitely helps, kind of enhance the whole. This is geared for a particular type of of story. This it was geared to a particular type of audience too. Well, no, actually, surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, stories that are geared towards women have similarly low Bechtel scores. Um, the women are still the the artificial. I'm sorry, this is like way too. <laughs> Nothing is too way, deep too, for way us, too in depth too for people. a fun podcast. That's but, okay. Um, I I want to say it was like eighty percent or ninety percent of all movies women are accessories. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one of the few and really for the 90s um women were very much accessories um and this was one of the few that really changed that Mm -hmm. it wasn't a lasting change god knows um but they changed that i like that that's good change is always good well not always good but it's 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 always welcome when it comes well, maybe not always. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I mean, you know, I, I think of these positive influences and then I'm like, yeah, and then I'm going to make this broad general statement. And, and then as soon as I make the broad general statement, something pops into my head of, no, oh, that really wasn't a good idea after all. Never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. I think this movie helped a lot. I mean, I remember in the 90s, if you were Wiccan, mm-hmm. it was a negative connotation with them. Right. And mm. this movie, to me, um, helped other people who were Wiccan understand that you can be good and happy and live a very healthy life and still be Wiccan. Yes. And it brought out a lot of the powerful, good Wiccan people in our communities. Um, oh, how I great. have several friends who are Wiccan mm-hmm. and yes, they do dance naked under the, under the full moon. And yes, they do bless you when you're pregnant. And it made me, as a person, be not as af- afraid to go to their house and have dinner because, mm-hmm. to, because I knew they were wicked and I accepted them way back then. But then seeing the movie with them, with me, going, oh yeah, that's pretty much what we do. We laugh, we have fun. You know, we might not be able to actually light candles, but we praise the, you know, 
the nature. They, they, mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, just being evil. And it's about just and loving life. Right. And that to me brought a huge light to a lot of things. So one of nice. our FC3 people is Wiccan. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I started meeting her was one of my our other friends um, introduced me to her and she owned a Wiccan shop off of Monroe Ave at the time. And oh, I remember was, that shop. Yep. The magic box. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Yep. Then, so I used to go to that shop and, and buy candles and, and stones and rocks. And it mainstreamed the fact that Wiccan is not bad, that it's good in the nineties. Yeah. Which was, was sorely needed. Yes. You know, and I, I've, I've met several, uh, those who profess Wiccan over the years, I've, I met them as early as when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're raised in Catholic schools and you go to a Catholic high school and now suddenly you're hearing all this other stuff, it's like, wait, well, mm-hmm. I was told you're, you're, wait, I told you, I was told you're weird. Why are you weird? Do I, why, and, and, you know, no, you're not acceptable. And that's such a terrible way to look at the world. And and so it was great to be able to meet these people and interact with them. And then, you know, I, I'm a recovering Catholic. Uh, so I'm moving on in, into the greater things of what the rest of the world has to offer. And, and yeah, you, you can see how this kind of this movie brings it to the forefront, puts a spotlight on it and says, this is all right. This is really what kind of it's all about. It's not, you know, what you're what you're told it's been and, and, and that and moves it moves the conversation forward. Yeah. To me, I was able to go to the library and pick up books on it and read and learn more about it. And mm-hmm. and I think for a lot of people, it was about, okay, we're going to learn to read or learn more and not just judge somebody based on what's going on. I mean, because right. look at how at the end of the movie, how they used to say, oh, they're going to fly on Halloween or everybody's going to bring their brooms. And at mm-hmm. the end, all of the women in the community joined together with their yes. brooms to help rid them of this problem. Yes. So they took from being afraid of them to accepting and loving them. Yep. Yes. Because I think and they I, were waiting for Sally to actually acknowledge out loud that she was a witch. Well, yeah, the, the, the one girl with the punk rock hair that worked for her was like, yeah. Sally came out. Came and I'm out. like, oh my God. And even Aunt Jet goes, there's a little witch in all of us. Uh-huh. And, and it's true. And it's like, um, they have to pull out the coven in order to take care of that. They need a full coven. And they're like nine women, but 12 is better. And then aunt Frances is like, do you have any friends? And he's like, she's like, Oh yeah. The phone tree type thing. <laughs> and as soon the as she internet. did that, they're like, Ooh, now we get to, I think because they didn't know uh-huh. exactly what they could do or what they couldn't do that. They're like, Ooh, now, now let's see. And, and, they kind of brought them in and let them partake and understand. Cause when you don't understand something, you're very quick to disregard it or say it's bad or evil or whatever. Cause you don't understand it. Right. And, and, Just like and, you know, that, in that climactic scene, first of all, I want to talk about the neighbor who brought the dust buster, but, <laughs> but more to the point, you know, it was interesting to me, uh, you know, and the person who likes to overanalyze things because I think I'm, I'm an intelligent, um, in that final climactic scene when they're in their circle and they got the brooms all around and whatnot, and they're all doing the chanting, it was interesting to see the, 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 the varying degrees of, of how you got into it. Like the, the ants were, they, they're physically at peace. They were into it. They, they had their rhythm. They knew what they were doing there. There's that confidence there. 
there were some of them, you know, some of the neighbors were, you know, kind of like very trepidatious. They had, they were very kind of like, you know, we're in it, we're chanting, we're doing the right, I hope we're doing the right thing. And then there was the ones that were like, they were at a full on, they were, they were headbanging at a metal concert. They were going full tilt boogie. And it was just interesting to see how everybody kind of, and nobody was wrong. And it was great because I think what, what sold it for me was, I mean, I always refer back to Stocker Channing because I, I've had a crush on her since the first moment I saw her, um, you know, where at one point she kind of like her open, she peeks around, she's looking and she just seems content. This is, everything's going the way it's supposed to. She closes her eyes back to work. And, and so that kind of sold the whole thing that no approach to this was wrong. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. So there's an observation. It's a very good observation. I agree Thank you. That. I need that validation. of everybody, no matter how their stance was and how they were helping, because they were all helping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Final thoughts on this movie. Watch it every year over and over again, and you'll love it even more. There you go. <laughs> I agree. Susan? Susan agrees? Yeah. I'd watch it again. I, I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I need to watch it with a, watch it with a different expectation going in. And now I mm-hmm. know what to expect, so I can look at it differently. Right. Right, right. Because I do like Sandra Bullock and and uh, Nicole Kidman and Stockard Channing and and you know the rest of the cast. It was very good. Tanya? Oh, I'm definitely watching it again. All right. So we're gonna take another quick break and when we return we will have our question of the week. I have newt toe of frog. Will have bat tongue of dog. Adder's fork and blind worms stink. Barbados lime is just the thing. Fregger's sword like a sailor's stubble. Flip the switch and let the cauldron bubble. <laughs> How can <convivial>. you? <laughs> mm-hmm. And gentlemen, I'm hoping everybody's having as much fun with this conversation as I am. I am totally Jones. I'm, I'm Susan. You have to come back more often. <laughs> I, I love having you on board for the conversations. It's just, it's, it's great. It brings a whole different level to it, and I, and I'm thoroughly loving having you here with us today. So I appreciate your time. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this. It's great. That's the best part. That is always the best part when the people who join the conversation have just as much fun with it as I do. Then that's the win right there. Um, now, Susan, this is the part of the podcast where uh, we do our question of the week, where we have like a little kind of an off-the-cuff conversation. And Dan has this monstrous list of questions. I think there's what? There's like 320 some of them. We lost Dan again. 381. Sorry. Oh, wow. There was like 315 last time, wasn't there? You've added? Um, I've been added for a few, a little while. Nice. But yeah. So Susan... We would love it if you picked a, 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 a number between 1 and 381. Well, okay, I've got a problem here. 
because mm-hmm. um, I was going to pick 420. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and obviously, I can't I, because the numbers go up for bad. But we were talking about time. smudge sticks, so I thought, hey, okay. So I'll go with 240. 240. All right, are we ready? Yep, go ahead. If you were given unlimited resources, how would you lure the worst of humanity into one stadium at the same time? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Me, 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 me. Oh <laughs> well, Susan, <laughs> go ahead. I would say you'll be able to see a favorite, favorite, favorite person mm-hmm. that you want to see. We'll give you a t-shirt and a hat. Your your brain and mine went to the same spot at the same time, but you were more enthusiastic about wanting to see it. <laughs> you know, we we really there there we glance over politics in this podcast very much like an asteroid skips over the Earth's atmosphere on its way by. You know, it, you'll see a meet. You'll that see might that not have been political. That that no, no, might have been for a that, band those, that I don't like. Say. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish real quick. Kanye, hang on a second. I didn't Um, say anything. (laughs) (laughs) I know for once. No, no, I said Kanye, not Tanya. Oh, Um, Kanye. All right, hang on just a second. Because, you know, we glance over, but we don't really dive in and make quote unquote statements. However, Anybody who's paid attention to our podcast over the past four and a half, almost five years now at this point, will know exactly how we think and who we are talking about when we say things like that. <laughs> so I want to tell you, I'm completely on board. Um, I just, the only question I would have is, is there a stadium big enough? Well, you have unlimited resources. You can make a very, very, very large re- stadium. We can okay, build so the stadium. So it, it would be, instead of Burning Man, it would be Orange Man? <laughs> you we'll do that out in the desert. <laughs> uh, Tanya, how about you? How would you, how would you do this? How would, what would be your bait? Can you read the question again? I got lost. If you were give if you were given unlimited resources, how would you lure the worst of humanity into one stadium at the same time? Uh, well, I'd free make guns. I, I, I'd sign free guns. <laughs> I'd make sure that there was no virus because it doesn't exist because <laughs> I'm the youngest and healthiest person ever. Yeah. And oh, the perfect physical specimen. I'm, try- I'm almost regretting this question now. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? We probably... Okay. Let Now, see, this is what happens when you go for... Just say no to drugs. All right? So mm-hmm. I think we should probably do a do-over question. <laughs> 25. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say, everyone's thinking the, the worst of... of the worst for for um like the political sense but i'm like what about the worst of the worst of like uh, bad criminals like the mm-hmm. that type of thing and it's like i didn't i didn't necessarily go political not like everyone else in the room possibly oh. went um mm-hmm. type thing only because i'm on the opposite side of the spectrum but i'm not a uh, not a supporter of of that person but i am on the opposite 
end of your political spectrum to it. And, and you know, that's the thing is that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And but we have forgotten. I married a, a Republican, not me. Mm-hmm. One of her <laughs> nineteen other husbands. <laughs> Just nineteen? Wow. She's beating me on this one. <laughs> Actually, two were Republicans. Two previous husbands. But you know, even getting into that, that political, that little political arena of the 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 two party system or whatever, mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats aren't what aren't what they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, easily. Well, they were five years ago. Come on. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just because, yeah. like, sure. I, I might be, like, that registered Republican doesn't necessarily mean that I vote or look at everything on that same aspect. Everyone's like, oh, you're a teacher. You have to, you must be a liberal or you must be this. And I'm like, no, type thing. Because just people go to that, that stereotype or that that looks at that demographic General, generalizing what they are right and, and that's, that's where we've gone as a culture at this point and here we go completely on, into a different zone and and that's fine it's good these are good conversations and uh, and actually tanya you're right what why didn't we automatically go to criminals and murderers and rapists i and did because because this is the <laughs> Hello? because you have the oh my God, up the day awesome. here oh man i didn't go in any of those directions my answer was totally way off base then. Tony, well, Tony, I, what was your answer, Ann? Uh, uh, John Deere tractors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so what's the worst of humanity? People that like John Deere tractors? Yes. <laughs> I love John Deere tractors. And we can't be friends anymore. My dad grew up with John Deere tractors and things like that. And that's how I learned how to mow the lawn on a John Deere tractor. Come on. My lawnmower is a John Deere, but everything else on the farm is Case International. What's the farm? (laughs) The farm is Case. Yeah, well, if the the farm hadn't been Case and it was John Deere, would you be putting Case International up there or Kubota? No, I'd still put John Deere. (laughs) (laughs) I would just lure them with uh, cookies. Oh, I could lure them with cookies. Because everyone is a sucker for a cookie. (sighs) Oreos or chocolate chip? It doesn't matter. As long as they're not oatmeal raisin. Seriously, oatmeal raisin is the biggest scam of all time. It's it's a chocolate chip cookie. And then you bite into it. It's like, wait, what? You, you've yeah, just made an enemy. I had so many disappointments with oatmeal raisins growing up. <gasps> I love you, people. Chris. Now those are fighting words. <laughs> but Susan, Everyone else loves them. I don't. No, 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 no. wait, wait, wait. Susan, this... I put a vex on you. <laughs> <laughs> I put a bad mark on your record. But the, here, this is this is the good that thing. That might help the good thing, though. Check this out. Check this out. If there are oatmeal raisin cookies, you know that I'm going to willingly, happily share them with you because I know that you enjoy them and they okay, will not go to waste. Again. See, there uh, you go. Yeah, that's, but you're right. The very worst thing ever might be expecting a chocolate chip cookie and biting into an oatmeal raisin. Now, here's, here's the thing. Um, my ex-wife did this once and, and it earned her several bonus points. She made oatmeal raisin cookies, but she threw chocolate chips in them and I did not know that. Right. So she's like, here, try this. I tried this new recipe. I'm like, what is it? She goes, no, we'll raise it. I'm like, all right, well, I don't hate them. It's just they're they're usually the the scam. 
in my opinion. And then so I get the, the cookie and I eat it. And it, yeah, it was great. And then all of a sudden you get that little burst of chocolate. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this is a whole new cookie. This is amazing. You stayed married to her for an extra year because of it. I, I actually was two. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be triple chocolate brownies in our house this afternoon. I'm looking forward to that, as is my A1C. I'm telling you. It's, mm. I'm, I'm the only person at the D&D table who's not in the Metformin Club, and I think you guys are working hard to make Hunter's me part not. of the team. Oh, yeah. Hunt, okay, so Hunter and I. you know, Tyler's not. Tyler's not at yeah. the table consistently. Well, there's but, that. I wasn't counting him, so. Yeah. But anyway. Can I make you some chocolate chip cookies? Uh, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Cookies saved us from a political discussion. That's amazing. That's like a headline there somewhere along the line. All right, friends, that's enough. That's that's a, that's a, that's a wrap. We've 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 covered enough ground and enough. We've used enough tape. Hey, Chris. Digital space. Yes. Hey, Tanya. Do you remember the outtakes now? Do I remember outtakes? The outtakes. Yeah, the, the outtakes. Oh yeah, I do remember the outtakes. You you don't need to do that to me at this. See, now you're making me think about it. <laughs> If I screw the out cue up, it's your fault because now I'm uh, thinking about it because it's like it's reflex action. I'm like, so uh-huh. I, I wrote it and then I just perfected it. And now it's going to be like, hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. Hit it. Because this has been MMC's Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con coming at you April of 20. 20- 21. Like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, like us on Instagram, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. All y'all have a great week, have a safe week, and we will talk to you again next week. Bum, dun, bum. Dun, uh. <laughs>